Hello, and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. I am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and day to day. And I need to apologize for my raspy voice. I'm getting over a bit of a cold and that really kind of hit me right in the throat. But anyhow, here I am. My name is Elizabeth and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. Here we talk about how to heal, move forward and find love if you're so inclined, and also motherhood through divorce, finding yourself and creating the life you deserve. Our tools are community, sisterhood, honesty, vulnerability, spirituality, and coaching. And that's when we aren't talking to experts, which I will be today. And I'm also a divorced mother of four adult sons, remarried and mom of three stepkids or stepmom to three kids, whatever. Anyway, we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here. So if you're recently separated, thinking of it, divorcing or even beyond your divorce, then this is the podcast for you. So today I have a very special guest on the show and I am so excited to be speaking with Kim Basler. She is a body confidence coach, food freedom and mindset coach, speaker, co-author of the best-selling book, Owning Your Choices, which is um, a compilation of stories of courage from inspirational women around the world. Her global reach has allowed her to support thousands of women with self-love, finding peace with their food and their bodies, um, and improving their mindset to become the best version of themselves. Through her certification in eating psychology and mind-body nutrition, fitness certifications, and hundreds of hours she is devoted to self-development, she exists to empower women around the world to go deeper than another diet and learn to love the woman they see in the mirror and cultivate their intuition to take care of themselves. So wow, we are going to have a beautiful conversation today. How appropriate that this is one of the last episodes of this year um, as we head into the new year and so many New Year's resolutions will be made and health and weight loss and those kinds of things are so often part of that. I think you're going to love this beautiful conversation today about how we view ourselves, how we treat our bodies, and especially when we're going through something as difficult as a divorce. Let's dive in. Hi, Kim, and welcome to my podcast. I am so excited that you're here today. So as you know, um, in my past, I was in women's health. Like I, you know, I did personal training and health and wellness and a lot of self-care. And so, you know, we both are on the same page when it comes to how much I, I'm sure men do as well, but women especially will focus on and get wrapped up in their body image. And then you add like divorce to that, a little bit of aging, a few kids, maybe menopause. And suddenly a woman finds herself to be like out there again. Um, and not that she's jumping into dating, but she might be. And oh, wow, the body can really like how we feel about ourselves and how tied that is to how we look um, is really big. And yeah, so I want to kind of talk to you today about, you know, why and how can we maybe help them even just a couple of things to help them pull out of this sort of internal blame and shame game that we tend to play and, um, you know, 
what we've let happen to our bodies that we don't look good that therefore nobody will want us that we failed it in our marriage and you know there's so much of this that gets tied together so I'm, I'm very excited to talk to you and to the message that we're going to be sharing today but before we get started because I've lots we want to talk about today um what inspired you to become a food freedom and mindset coach and like what is a I know what a mindset coach is but what is a food freedom coach? I'd love to hear you. Tell me how you got into that and what it is. Thank you, Elizabeth, for having me on your on your show here. So yeah, I mean, like many of us who do this work, we have experience with it, or we've been able to find support for ourselves. And that's really what brought me into this work. I will say that I was like many women who struggled with body image, who struggled with dieting. Um, and my journey with that was a very, very long one. I started dieting at 12 years old. And it wasn't until I was 41 years old that I was able to recognize that the path that I was on was really not allowing me to truly live. And I mean, it's a, it's a long journey. We all have them, right? But I can just say that 30 years of that, I was working in the fitness industry, you know, leading other people to live healthy, well lives. But inside, I was always feeling like, I had to look a certain way in order to like myself in order for other people to want to be around me. I had a lot of struggles with that around self-worth. So, you know, for me, it really got really bad before I was able to make the switch. Um, it's not something that I chose to do. I, I was in a really bad place. If I can be honest, it was a really dark space in my life. And I had to leave my career in the fitness industry and begin to figure out, like what's going on because I wasn't well and the path that I was on was was going to take me down a, a dark road. So I began my own healing journey. I found a beautiful institute that was all about looking at our relationships with our body, body image, our relationships with food. And it began my healing journey, which led me to want to help other women recognize that our worth is not about a number on our scale. And our worth is not about, you know, what size of jeans we're wearing. We are so much more than that as women. And I am just so pleased to do this work. You know, it's, um, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I, you're right. We tend to want to help communities that represent, you know, the people that, that are going through what we've gone through. And so I really appreciate that. And having been in fitness myself, I, I totally relate to that pressure of, having to look a certain way. I know for me, um, a lot of those doubts, self-doubts when I was in the industry started to creep in because I felt I was getting too old for it. Mm. And that yeah. why would someone in their thirties want to take advice from me or, you know, so it was just, you know, that, you know, we, what we undervalue is, is experience and, you know, life learning and simply what matters as opposed to what we think that other people care about, which is ultimately not probably half the time even true. Never mind, doesn't really matter that much, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. I talk a lot about self-care. Uh and that's really where I came from when I first started the separation club. And I talk about practicing um self-care first before you do anything else when you're going through divorce. And for a lot of people, self-care is manicures and and a glass of wine with a girlfriend and it's not that those things don't matter those things are important and those things are good but when you're going through something like divorce self-care becomes bigger 
it's really about showing love to yourself. And I'm not sure that a manicure really shows love for yourself because in my opinion, it's still attached to how we look, right? So it's, you know, to me, it's more about finding time or giving yourself rather, as I always tell them, giving yourself the gift of time to to heal, to do the work. And one of those things is, of course, taking care of our body, because when we're going through grief and pain and all these things, we feel all of that in our body. And if we're feeding ourselves crap, we're it's just not going to help. We need to sleep well. We need to be the strongest we can possibly be. Um, and what we fuel ourselves with literally is what's going to is one of the many things anyway that's going to help carry us through plus it's something that I feel we so control like we can we always get to decide what we put in our mouth and I know for myself when I was going through that I felt like I'd lost control of my whole life and the one thing that I knew I controlled was me my body and my health so I worked out and I ate and I like I ate well and I took care of myself and I remember one of my personal training clients back then, she actually said to me, she goes, Elizabeth, you're glowing. Shouldn't you be looking like a bag of shit? <laughs> I said, I don't think I've ever taken better care of myself than I am right now, except for I wasn't sleeping great, but everything else was on point, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's, you know, I just knew that I had to do that because it was the one thing that I could do. It was something that nobody could take from me. And I think there's empowerment in that. So tell me a little bit about, you know, when you took charge of your journey, like when you said, no, I can't, I'm not going to force myself into this cookie cutter person I'm supposed to be in fitness. How did it feel to let go of that and actually start living in a way that honored you? And that was the kindest thing you could do for yourself. Well, I wish I could tell you that it was all easy and because <laughs> it wasn't. Um, truthfully, when I left the industry, I felt I failed at it. I felt like everyone was talking about me and I hid. So I hid in my house, um, which I think probably a lot of women might do when they're struggling, you know, with divorce. We feel like we might have failed it in some way, but I needed that time. I needed that time to be with myself, to be with my emotions, to be, because that's really what, if we, if we distract ourselves, Elizabeth, and we just keep doing all the things, we're never going to do that deep healing and that yeah. deep um, uh, connection with ourselves that we need. So I, if you, you know, for anyone that's listening right now, if you're in that dark space right now, just recognize it will not last forever, especially with podcasts like this, where we're still taking those steps forward for ourselves. So how did it feel for me to be able to make choices for me, how I wanted to feel, what I wanted to measure health as, how I wanted to move, it felt incredibly liberating. And it felt very foreign at first. I talk about it from the angle of I felt very lazy at first because I was a overworker before I was a perfectionist and I was always running on a hamster wheel. So when I stepped away from the career and I actually wasn't doing anything right at that moment, but healing, I felt lazy and I had to really sit with my ego there and, you know, teach myself that resting and restoring me and taking walks in the woods and being with me was like the best thing possible that we don't have to always be in that masculine push, push, push energy. It's well, that, there's nothing lazy about doing that work because it's hard. We tell ourselves it's, it's lazy. Work. I think almost to shame ourselves out of that work. But mm -hmm. if the other work is actually, it might be busier, but it's distracting. And so it's in many ways easier because it's just go, go, go and don't think. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm going to, I want to keep relating it back to your audience. Like if I would have just jumped into another job. Okay. 
I was, I was privileged enough and able enough to stay at home. Um, my husband wanted me to heal because I was not in a good place. And so I need to focus on me. If I would have just jumped into another job, or let's say our marriage ends and we jump into another relationship, okay, we might mask that, that discomfort that we're feeling and we can like, you know, somebody wants me, somebody needs me, but we're missing out on that connection with ourselves. That longest relationship we'll ever have is with the person we see in the mirror. So doing that work is the best gift you could ever give yourself. I 100% agree with that. That is that is so true. And I, you mentioned uh, several things that I am always telling my clients to do, which is like, you know, you reflected, you spent time alone, you went within, you went out for walks in the forest, you connected with nature. These are things I talk about all the time. And I think to some people, it almost sounds too easy in the way that, well, I come on, how's a walk in nature going to make any difference to how I feel about the fact that my my husband has left me, for example, right? My partner has left me. Um, and it's not that it's that simple, like you go for a walk and boom, you feel better. But it's the the constant, regular, giving yourself a gift of time, taking time to connect with yourself. Everything is a little chip in the right direction. It just kind of starts to dissolve. Like I think of pain as being this ball of pain, this pit in your stomach, this ache in your heart, this you know, headache that you might have is it's largest in different places for people. Every time you go for a walk, it gets a little bit less dense. You know, every time you choose to do something kind and loving for yourself, whether it's reflecting, hiring a coach or a therapist, um, eating a nourishing meal just because you deserve that, uh, whatever it may be, or that manicure, but every little thing helps to dis- dissolve that pit if you will. That's right. That's right. And I mean, we need that time for a reflection, we need that time for healing. So grief is something that we're not always comfortable with. We we have a hard time. It's like once the dam opens, and the tears start coming, like we we don't want to feel that. But I'm going to say that we need to now do we want to cry for 24 hours straight? Well, no, we don't. That's hard on anybody's system, right? But giving yourself that time is really, really important. I want to just speak for a second about the relationship with food, right? So you were already in the fitness industry, you already care about your health, right? Uh, Not everybody has that same background. So I just want to like lend a little bit of compassion to the person right now, who is supporting their emotions with food choices, maybe that they don't feel are in alignment with what they want to do. I always like I come from a place of compassion always when it comes to our food relationships, know that whatever you're doing right now, you're doing the best you can. And the food is the symptom to the bigger, you know, problem, if you will, right? So don't shame yourself over the food, recognize you're doing something to try and support your nervous system. But this conversation today, and know that there's resources out there is to be able to go, okay, I I recognize what I'm doing here, I'm pushing down my emotions, I'm numbing my emotions. And that might help for the short term, However, in the bigger picture, what is something that you can do today that is more loving, that is more kind and nourishing to your body, even if it is just drinking a beautiful glass of water and letting yourself feel that water going in your it's it's we 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 don't take um, we take little things for granted, right? Like, it's those little steps, as you said, it's those little steps moving us forward to help us recognize that I matter here and I'm not going to check out for myself. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought that up. It was literally next in my notes. Like I literally have it written down here that we have to stop punishing ourselves for making poor choices when we're in a tough place. Um, And it's, 
we're just surviving, you know, when you're going through something really hard, and I'm sure you experienced this when you hit your bottom, you know, mm-hmm. we're just managing, and we're going to do the things that feel available to us. And I love that you suggested like even just a glass of water and paying attention to what that does for you. It's funny, because I'll talk, I, I drink water. And again, like you said, I have a background in health. So I know the value of water, I've drank water my whole life and a lot of it. So I can tell when my body's low on water, whereas for someone who's not used to drinking water, they don't recognize those signs in the same way. Yeah. But I was, because my husband actually happens to be one of those people who doesn't drink enough water. But I always say to myself, I'm like a wilting flower. I need water so my head can come back up. <laughs> I love so it. maybe that's a metaphor that would help somebody even just do that for themselves, you know, just um, drink some water so you can lift your head back up. But, you know, I, I think that. it. I think food is so attached to reward and punishment. There's so much around food. So there's, there's the part of us that when we celebrate something, we celebrate with food. Um, And that can be a bucket of ice cream. It can be a salad. It can be anything. It's different to different people, but we also punish ourselves. And when with food Mm -hmm. and when someone is going through something like this and they're already feeling really low on themselves I think they're more likely to reach for unhealthy choices. Would would that be true? Would you say? And can you maybe tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, and like I'm gonna say, like uh, my angle and the way I approach things is very different than a, a regular quote unquote health coach would because of the training that I have. Right. So we have to understand that food does shift the chemical emotions that we feel in our body and it's fast right so when we're in that place of like i'm not well i don't feel well we want that it's uncomfortable to us so we want to eat that you know whatever that said piece of food is that makes us feel better right away so i mean there's why is that never an apple by the way (laughs) well because because (laughs) (laughs) because and because let's let's just say apples never taste as good as ice cream or potato chips right i know right like Couldn't that just be a carrot stick? Like, why don't we crave carrots? Anyway, sorry. We, we we don't see people, you know, the girlfriend who comes home and she's been dumped and she's like binging on, you know, carrots, carrots. That doesn't happen, right? It's not how we've been programmed. I know. So, I know. And like, okay, sorry. If I can just say, it's okay. And if I can just say really quickly, this goes all the way back to our childhood. This yeah. goes right back to the fact that you scraped your knee and mommy gave you a popsicle or, you know, you were good on at a school um, you got a great, an A on a report card and mom took you out for ice cream. Like this, this is our programming right away. Yeah. If you don't eat, if you don't eat this food, then you don't get that, right? We've been labeled, diet culture's got a huge part to do with it too. The labeling of bad and good foods, right? Our whole relationship with food has been skewed because of these sorts of things. But what I will say to the person who knows if that is what you're doing, like I'm all, I'm just going to say that I'm all for all foods are allowable. There's no bad or good foods. You're not a better person for eating a salad versus eating a a hamburger. It doesn't matter. They're food choices, right? But in the end, if you know that you're eating in a way that's not supporting you, it's not allowing you to feel your best. Yeah. What I always say when you're at that emotional space and you're, you're feeling it, if we can at least take that moment before we go into the pantry and grab that bag of cookies or go into the freezer and grab that that pint of ice cream, take a second with yourself and take some really slow, deep breaths. I'm a huge connector to the body. Place your hand on your heart. Breathe in some affirmations into yourself and ask yourself what's one loving thing you can do for yourself right now, okay? Because ultimately, we're looking for some type of reaction to feel different after the food. So. If I say, well, after I eat this food, I want to feel this way. Okay, I want to feel more loved. I want to feel rested. 
I want to release some of the sadness. How else can we do that? I'm not saying that you can never go to your food choices, but we want to have a beautiful toolbox of tools yeah. that support ourselves. And that's what this bigger picture is about. So that you can say, you know what, today I had the ice cream. It's okay. But I also did my meditation this morning. And that was really supportive to me too. There's no right or wrong way to do this, but to find out what works for you. It's very true. And I, you know, it's, it's really hard because of the diet culture to get away from that asking someone or suggesting, I should say, suggesting that someone eats healthy is not about losing weight. And the thing is, you know, because as much as people will turn to food for comfort, a lot of women who I know for myself, I actually, I ate healthy in the beginning, not, not in the very beginning, actually. And then I, I realized I needed to, but I lost a lot of weight. I lost my mm -hmm. appetite. So mm -hmm. I was forcing myself to eat because I knew I had to. And I was choosing healthy foods because I guess when you're forcing yourself to eat, you can kind of like, I don't know, maybe it was easier to make better choices. But I, mean, I lost my appetite completely and I lost weight. I lost too much weight. And I mean, it came back. I used to joke around and say, oh, it's a trauma diet, right? But mm -hmm. do you know what the, um, is there any science or anything behind like why some people go to food and some people run away from food? Like wh what is the, what yeah. is the thing there? Because it's not like because I'm a much more disciplined person. I was just... No, I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly why, Elizabeth. Let me ask you this. Was your relationship with food pre your divorce, quote unquote, normal, supportive, healthy, well? Balanced? Yeah, I'm going to say it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the science is, is that people who are not dieting, okay, so if we don't have dieting history, if we're not restricting foods, all the stuff that comes with it, a normal response to stress, okay, so if I'm being chased by a bear in the woods, I'm not going to stop and pull some berries off of a bush and eat just because I see them. I am fleeing. That's the normal response. So when we're in a stress response, all of our blood goes to our arms and our legs and to our brain. Our digestive system slows down. Our hunger cues go away. So that is a normal, typical stress response is that we don't feel hunger. Okay. Okay. But people who it's there's, there's science around this, lots of research that the emotional eating that takes place is typically happening for those who have dieting history or those who are dieting because we've been restricting and you know using that willpower energy to not eat those foods to lower our calories to punish ourselves with the exercise and then when the stress levels get high quote unquote that willpower goes away oh yeah right it was, things don't matter anymore yeah, it doesn't and it doesn't have anything to do with willpower in the first place but that's the difference yeah. between somebody who goes to not eating versus somebody who swings to food. And it all comes down to our history. Like it comes down to how food has been used for us in our lives. We don't all have the same upbringings. We don't have the same um, history, the same trauma, whatever, right? So I, it's like if somebody goes, there's obviously so many different ways that people are, are coping with, with experiences that are challenging. This is where I say food is probably one of the quote unquote best ones, okay? As opposed to something else that somebody could be doing. But that's the difference is what somebody has found um, to support them. And it's usually for sure, if you've got dieting history, and you're restricting and you don't feel like your body's, you know, good enough, then there's going to be that, uh, that swing to food for sure. Well, and I it, it makes so much sense. Like, thank you for explaining that that made perfect sense. Um, because food is something we associate with comfort. Uh, it is also something that I believe we associate with safety in a way, right? Mm -hmm. Like it grounds us. So when I, mm -hmm. you know, some of the work that I do that has to do with, you know, energy healing and chakras and 
you know, grounding and, and feeling safe, the very base of that is that we eat, right? So there's, I think it's natural to use that in a way as a comfort, which is how we've also been taught to think of food. So all of things being equal and then suddenly, boom, stress. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And especially because if they're already, like you said, in the pattern of trying to restrict and diet, there's no way when your entire world falls apart that that is important anymore. Like you're not able to bring it high enough up on the willpower scale. There's any way that you can restrict yourself. So it makes so much sense. And, and the body is wired to survive too. Like the body is wired to survive. It so needs food. if I, exactly. So if I've already been restricting, okay, not giving my body what it needs and now I'm under a stressful spot response. Yeah. The body wants to take care of us. Yeah. This person's in pain. It doesn't know that they've been intentionally starving themselves. Okay. And it also, so, it also doesn't know that you're in emotional pain necessarily. Like your body knows you're in stress. So your body wants to keep you safe. And one of the things that it's going to ask you to do is to eat, to make sure that you're nourished, right? For the, the, who knows the battle you might have with some sharp tooth bear or something like that. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, right. You know, that's because right. It doesn't know why you're stressed. So I think, I think those things are, are so important to know. And, and like you said earlier, you know, to have some self-compassion. I talk a lot about that with my ladies too. It's, this is not the time to beat yourself up about that you're gaining weight or losing weight mm -hmm. or um, not eating well. When I when I bring up nourishing your body as one of the things you can do for self-care, it is literally just that, like nourish yourself because we have to eat. If you want to feel better, what you bring into your body is something you can choose to control. If you know, like you said earlier, if you eat a bucket of ice cream because you feel really low, and that makes you feel really just kind of exhausted and whatever. I depleted afterwards because, of course, there's not a lot of nourishment in that. Then maybe next time you choose something else so that you can at least feel good in your body, just because not because you ate a salad, but because you gave yourself healthy food. That's really what I always try to get across to my clients. Even back then, before I got into divorce, was just eat stuff that makes you feel energized and good. I don't really care what that is. Like, let's just start there. Like eat food that makes you yeah. feel good. And I'm going to just add in here that if you do end up in like, you know, if you don't, if you don't do the thing that, you know, you quote unquote should at least be present. Like it's this burying ourselves in front of the television with the ice cream and the chips. And we're completely like, I'm all about mindful eating. And if, if I know that I'm going to support myself with my emotions or rather support myself with food, I want us to at least be present and go, okay, I am eating because it's when we check out of our bodies that all of a sudden we've ate half that pint of ice cream. And we, not only do we feel uncomfortable potentially from how much food we've consumed, we also still have the same emotions present. So like we have to be present and recognize what it is I'm feeling, you know, let myself feel that. <laughs> and, um, and just take it one step at a time. This is a challenging season for, for so many women for sure. Oh, 100%. You know, I like what you said earlier about kind of that hand on heart and asking themselves, mm -hmm. what is it that I need right now? And I, it reminds me actually of when I went to school to learn about, you know, being a personal trainer and a health coach to women. One of my teachers, I don't know, it has such an impact on me. This is so many years ago now, but I still remember what he said. He, he used to be very overweight. So just like us, you know, we all have our stories, right? That bring us to what mm -hmm. we're doing. But anyway, so he lost, you know, a lot of weight. And so his big downfall was chips. And he said he noticed that he would, he would, you know, come home, grab a bag of chips, sit down in front of the TV, just like you were talking about, and then just mindlessly eat. 
And he said it was one day when he realized it took him approximately 15 minutes to eat a bag of chips. And when he looked at the bag, he'd consumed something like 1,700 calories and I don't know how much fat. And he thought, for 15 minutes? Like, I enjoyed that. And he goes, and I didn't even pay attention. And I just, I was like, wow, that is so, there's so much there. So like you said, like we sit down in front of the TV and we consume all this, these calories, let's just say. And, and again, I don't want to make this about weight loss, but we tend to, to beat ourselves up about it afterwards. So let's just get ahead of that. You know, if you're mm-hmm. going to beat yourself up about the ice cream, then then don't just sit and eat it. Well, one of the reasons you do rather is probably because you sit down and you don't even enjoy it. You're not actually enjoying it. And so I actually, when I'm, uh, and I love desserts, by the way, I will never pretend like I don't eat them. I eat them way more than I probably should, whatever. There goes that <laughs> voice, right? But yeah, I make sure that I enjoy every bite. I am enjoying my ice cream. Like I make a point of like, mm. so that when I'm mm-hmm. done, I'm not going to say to myself, what did I do that for? Because I actually enjoyed it. I made sure I enjoyed it. That's what it's about. It's about making choices. If I am intentionally going to have this, then have it. Yeah. Have it without the guilt. Yeah. Be present in it because that's the other thing too, is the mind needs to know that it's because we're not just eating with our taste buds. We're eating with our full body. The whole body wants to experience it. So you have to let all of your senses be in that experience, eat it slowly, slow down, savor it, let that chocolate melt on your tongue. Instead of pouring that bag of chocolate chips into your mouth. I can say that because I've been there. Okay, we have to be slow. And, and let's let go of the guilt but be present in our bodies and and know that, you know, it's it's every day we can make choices and healing is not linear. I literally making a a reel about this right now. Healing is not linear. So some days you may right? Some days you may respond in a way that you believe you want to and other days you don't. But you know that every day you try and you show up for yourself and you and you have really good people in your life that can support you through it all. Absolutely. Um, You know, it's interesting. I mean, here we've talked for quite a while now just about like making simple choices like whether or not to have ice cream and chips and it's a it's a food choice or these are things that we're faced with all of us, every single one of us, men, women, children, whatever. (laughs) every day and there is so much attached to it and that like I said I think it you know like we've talked about a lot of it just really comes back to controlling what you can control and and not shaming yourself for the choices you make live with them like accept your choice like if you decide to have that piece of chocolate cake or ice cream or chips or whatever it is or a glass of wine um own it and and enjoy it and um make it worthwhile uh, I think a friend of mine said, I feel like I want to bring it up quickly. She, when it comes to dessert, she goes, I just make sure it's worth the swallow. And I, was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. Because I know sometimes I've been at like, I don't know, like a baby shower or something. And then, the, you know, they have this big store-bought cake and I'm not a big fan of them. Like they don't taste great. I hear you. And so I'll you. take a bite and it's like, no, I'm actually just not going to eat this. I'm not, I don't enjoy, I'm not going to enjoy it really. I'm going to eat it for the sake of eating it. And that I'm not going to do. So, you know, things like that. But it's, and it feels, Mm -hmm. here's the other thing. And, you know, we talk about things like going for walks and meditating and, and making those little choices for ourselves and maybe choosing to have that glass of water. When we make little choices for ourselves like that, they build and they, it starts to feel good to do good things for yourself because 
doing good things for yourself will always pay off. It it just will, whatever that is. And there's no weight attached to that. There's no specific diet attached to what feels good. It can be everything from healthy salads to hamburgers to sweet potato fries to ice cream to chips. All of that can be part of that lifestyle. But if you always choose to love yourself when you reach for whatever you're going to reach for and to do it from that place, I believe that you will feel good in the skin you're in. Mm, such a that's so beautiful, Elizabeth. I can't I can't agree more with that. And loving ourselves is a day by day choice. And all I can say is really look at like I find that when we are in that place of pain, we we want the immediate quick give me something quick. Make mm-hmm. you know and and we know as women, I just want to like speak this out for the women that are listening that are in larger bodies, right? So we're already feeling vulnerable. We're already feeling not lovable. Now my partner or my husband has left me and you know we want to reach for the quick fixes and I just want to say to the listener like look at what you're doing is this sustainable for you is this loving for you is this moving you forward be patient with this journey because you're way better to go at a snail's pace than to bolt out of the gate and and quote unquote fail at it and then have to start all over again with these trends that do not work so supportive loving decisions for yourself in all aspects food, movement, sleep, self-care, everything, all of it. Wonderful. Absolutely. You know, I wonder if you have a message for women who are in larger bodies, who, Mm -hmm. you know, as they now find themselves to be single and potentially wanting to meet a partner again, as we learn to love our bodies just as they are, and, you know, this yeah, simply that without adding any attachments to that. How can she talk to herself to not be now again, kind of going down the path of Oh, no, now I have to date. Um, Because one of the things that I will say, for example, to them is, it's not, you know, you're assuming that every guy you meet loves his own body, first of all, or that they're perfect, like, don't think for a second their bodies don't change over the years or that they don't have some things that they're self-conscious about and what makes you think that they're expecting or even wanting this perfect 20 year old body, because if that's what they want, then that's quite frankly what they're going to go looking for. And that's something that is not related to the kind of relationship you want. So I say all those things, but I still think that she's going to stand there in the mirror and look at herself and say not nice things to herself. And how can we help her with that? Oh, there's so many things I could say here. Um, and in no, and in no particular order. Okay. okay. I okay. really, I really believe that the most important person that you can bring to a relationship is one that you respect. Now we're not going to love our bodies. I want to think that it's important that we just take that off the table right away that if somebody is not liking their body, don't strive to try strive to love it. Okay, because that is such a big reach for people right away. Yeah, yeah. I want to learn depending on where somebody's at, Elizabeth, like if somebody truly hates their body and has had no relationship with it at all in the mirror, they're not going to try and love it. So it's too far of a reach. So let's work on work on respecting this body. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like speak down to her in the mirror. I'm not going to do things that are punishing to her. I'm going to start to respect her. I'm going to put cream on her. I'm going to shower her lovingly. I'm going to brush her hair. I'm going to put cream on her face. This is beautiful. Um, Yes. Keep going. it's just, we, 
we do so it's giving me shivers right now. We do so much damaging, damaging things. Look at the behaviors that you're doing and go, are these loving behaviors? If you're putting yourself on a scale and that scale is making you feel horrible about yourself, get rid of that scale. Get rid of the clothing that is in your closet that is a constant reminder that you have failed your body. Get rid of it. Put it somewhere else. Donate it, whatever. Put yourself in clothing that makes you feel good. Stop worrying about the size of it. If it makes you feel beautiful, if you want to dress in joggers, do what feels good for you. I will say, though, that there is there is a lot to be said about taking care of yourself. I'm yes. not saying taking care of yourself for, for another person's eyes. I'm saying taking care of yourself, putting time into yourself and, and speaking those, those words of affirmation into yourself that you need to hear to remind you. We have to change the dialogue that we have going on in our heads. It's been going on for far too long. Even pre the divorce, we are not treating ourselves with respect. Um, the other thing I want to say, because again, I could talk forever on this, is we need to recognize that as women, we are more than our bodies. Yes. We are more than our bodies. And we have to recognize that our worth here in this world has got nothing to do with how we look. Okay, it's got nothing to do with that. Take care of your vessel, respect it, move it, enjoy it, embrace it, have pleasure with it. But know that you're so much more than that. A hundred percent. Wow. Like just absolute goosebumps here. And that is an incredible message. Um, you know, I, I loved it. Like just, yeah, putting cream on yourself, everything that you do for yourself, just loving, washing your hair, brushing your hair, putting makeup on. And it speaks to what I mentioned in the very beginning. I just sort of had this like, I don't know, this pull to just take care of myself. Like I always made sure, I, you know, I was a personal trainer. I could wear just about anything, but I always made sure I put really nice stuff on, like nice leggings and a matching top. And I put makeup on every day and I did my hair every day because it made me feel good to take care of myself because it was this thing that I could do for myself that nobody else could take from me, basically. Everything else had kind of been yeah. taken from me. So I think it's, I think there's so much to be said for just being kind towards yourself and not judging not assessing yeah yeah and I and I really believe this is an individual journey too because depending on what type of relationship somebody was in if they were expected to always meet that person's needs and they never got to do anything maybe that person actually wants to stop putting on the makeup wants to stop putting on the heels and actually yes. wants to you know so it goes both ways right 100 percent. what what we're saying is do what's feeling that wrecking you're you're putting worth back into yourself because so often we have been stripped to the bones right like i've never i've never been divorced but i can tell you my marriage at the end you know when i was in my dark place it was falling apart too i know what it feels to be in in relationships where there's tension, where there's anger, and you're just starting to feel stripped down. So pour back into yourself. And, um, you know, like that, this is taking us back. Um, and I'll say this really quickly, is taking time for yourself and asking yourself, what do I need today? This is where I will say too, if you know, if I can get a little spiritual for a second, your higher self, that higher version of yourself, what is she doing to take care of herself? How does she want to love herself start doing those things today start to become her active yeah. if you are her mm -hmm. yeah yes how do you want to show up for yourself today like what do you want to do for yourself and and what would she choose I love all those those are all so so good there I mean I know we could just go on and on here um uh and I think we're just gonna have to have you back but um mm -hmm. for now I think we've been given some really really good 
insight and inspiration, hopefully, and maybe even some tips. Um, and I want to just quickly shift gears uh, because I know you do something else, which is hypnotherapy, correct? And yes, that's right. Um, so to those of you who are listening, I'm, this is something I've never done. I know kind of what it is, and I'm going to have Kim explain it to us today. But I've decided to place my faith 100% in her. And so I am going to be going through her therapy um, or her program rather. And uh, she's going to help me with something that I'm going to leave undisclosed for now. Um, but we will, what I am going to do is I am going to share the journey with you at the other end so that you can learn more about it. But for today, I would love for you to explain um, sort of quickly what it is and how that can help in what we've talked about today. Yes, I'm so excited to do this with you, by the way. <laughs> so, um, hypno yeah, so let's um, think about it. Our thoughts, everything starts with our thoughts. Our thoughts lead to feelings, lead to emotions, lead to actions. Yeah. So knowing that our thoughts, 95% of the things that we think, the way we feel, the way we automatically behave and act in the world, it's all coming from our conscious mind, okay, from our subconscious mind. That's what I, sorry, I said that wrong, from the subconscious mind. Okay, so often when we're trying to create behavior change, we're trying to do it by changing our behaviors and changing the environment. We have to go into the subconscious mind because that is where the tape has been playing over and over and over. And that is why we often will sabotage the things that we want so badly because at an identity level, that's who we are as operating as. Yeah. So with the hypnotherapy, it is a wakeful state, but very deeply, you know, you're still awake, but you're deeply, deeply relaxed. Okay, that allows me to have your conscious brain that wants to protect you, that wants to keep you safe, that wants to tell you that, that this, I want to get it quiet. So I get that quiet brain or that conscious brain to just quiet down for a little while. And I'm allowed and able based on what you desire, where you're feeling stuck in your life, what are you desiring? I get to embed into your subconscious what you choose to want to believe instead with specific script with specific language. I embed that into you, into your um, subconscious mind. And that's where that transformation begins. The other thing that I do with my hypnotherapy is you're going to be getting a recording of it, Elizabeth. And then your homework is that you listen to it at least two to three times a week, for sure, for the first few weeks, and allow that because again, our brain does not know the difference between real or imaginary. Yeah. And that's why we have to be very, very mindful of what we say to the brain. Okay, the brain will, anything that you say, the brain goes, oh, check, check. That's what I'll do for her. So we're going to change those thoughts. And then you're going to be able to start to live. Of course, we know thoughts are important. And then you need to follow up with action, right? They go hand yes. in hand. Of course they do. But you know, it's it's so interesting. Um, I, I am very excited to try this with you. Uh, you know, it's, I, I, when I run my course and also in my um, membership, you know, I talk so often. I mean, they all know this. They all have it written down in their journals. I couldn't tell you how many times that our thoughts lead to our feelings, our feelings lead to our actions, and our actions cause our results, right? But it is ultimately the thoughts that have to change. And yes, they come from old programming, old limiting beliefs, old pain. They come from other places and they were created in the environment that was ultimately probably then intended to keep you safe and they no longer serve you. So all the fear that we feel going forward in our lives from something like divorce, which has so much uncertainty in front of you, um, our entire body is, is pulling you back into your old beliefs, which is why so much time is spent 
on what if this happens? What if I'm alone forever? What if I end up homeless? My kids are not going to be okay. All of these fears, which aren't actually real. They're just, Mm -hmm. it's old programming showing up going ping, ping, ping like crazy. So yes, I think it'll be so interesting to learn more about this. And I definitely want to, you know, in the future session podcast episode, we're going to talk more about the work that you and I did and also more about how this work can really help women who are going through separation and divorce, for example, or anyone in any stage of life where they can't get out of old patterning behavior, right? Old, like, well, I guess I'm assuming it would help with things like reaching for the potato chips too, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh, it can help for so many things, right? And I can tell you straight out, like, I will just say I am now living in a larger body than I was before. And I am by far the most confident, secure person. Of course, I have my days. I'm not going to say I don't. We all do. But I love and respect me. And that's because I've changed how I think about myself. Wonderful. That's amazing. Yeah. And so and and I guess I just want to say it's possible for all of us at any stage of life. Of course, right? So um, it's just this this readiness and that whisper, listening to that whisper inside and and letting other people say, you know what? And I guess I will say that, like, we have to like let other people pour into us. We're so quick to reflect and to dismiss the things that people say to us. But people know what's po- people love us more than we love ourselves half the time, I know. right? We're I know. So, we're so quick to judge. So I'm excited to uh, to do this with you and um I just know how powerful it's been for my healing is the subconscious work and changing the way that I like let my brain because my brain is going to lead me into this next stage of my life. Right. So um, nothing, nothing is out of reach for us. Sounds amazing. Um, No, I'm really excited. So I'm looking forward to telling all of you uh, listening to this podcast more about that. And before I let you go, Kim, I want you to tell us you have something for my listeners. You said you had a special offer to share with us. So I'd love for you to just mention um, what that is. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually pausing. I'm like, which one did I tell you? (laughs) Oh, it was like, here, I'll tell you exactly what it was. Um, Thank you. Seven day free trial to your Ah, empowered movement community. I love it. Thank you. I, I love that. I, I could have given that. away just about anything there. Couldn't I have? <laughs> yes, you could have. Yeah. So I, I started my empowered movement community at the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, I was working full time in the fitness industry. So when that not sorry, I wasn't full time, but I was teaching in it. So I started my community. This community is yes, it is a I call exercise movement, but it's the same thing in the, the listeners mm-hmm. eyes or whatever. Um, So it's an on-demand space. Yes, there's over 100 classes from me of all different um, types of classes from an anti-diet space, very inclusive, very supportive. Uh, But the other thing it is, it is the beautiful community. I do group coaching calls in there. We have challenges, fun challenges. And it's really about the mind, body, spirit, developing that for for the woman, that holistic aspect of health. So yeah, anybody that would like to uh, give the community a try, there's a seven-day free trial. And I would love for you to come and check it out. Wonderful. Well, I all of that information will be in the show notes below, as well as how where you can find Kim on social media and on the web and everywhere else. So uh, I know she'd love to hear from you. Please let her know that you found her through a blessing and divorce. And um, I know she'll hold a special place for you. So thank you. Thank you, Kim, for being here today and sharing so much value and beautiful information for the ladies of my community. Thank you, Elizabeth, for having me. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much again for joining me today in this podcast and Kim and for this 
important conversation and she had so many beautiful tips and insight and ways of looking at things. Wow, I just thought this was incredible. So I'm so grateful um, for all of us that we got to be a part of that. And I wanted to mention to you before I go today that community and sisterhood and being among other women who can help you with this work, who can help you through those rough days, um, who can help you, you know, even word those affirmations and remind you of all the amazing things that you are other than perhaps how you feel about your body. That is a huge part of the healing of the work and of learning to respect yourself, to love yourself, and to do all these incredible things. So I would really like to invite you with all my heart and welcome you into a very special community where we do exactly that. And that is the Rising Free membership. That is an online coaching support group that I run every week. We get together every week. We run coaching calls kind of like this, but the added benefit is that you get to talk to us and ask questions and get guidance and things like that. And, you know, we work around, of course, the topic of divorce and separation and everything that goes with that. But really, it's so much about learning mindset and life skills and tools that you can take with you, not just on this journey, but on every journey that you're going to go on towards creating the life that you really want for yourself. So this is your formal invitation to join us in Rising Free and I'll be posting that link below. And as a Rising Free member, you will be the first to know when Kim and I get some things going with um, the, you know, the therapy she was talking about, the hypnotherapy and all of that, which is so exciting. So you'll be the first to know as well. So I'll see you inside the Rising Free membership. Of course, that link will be below. Until next time, have the most beautiful day.